Hi, all. Welcome to Governing the Heartland. We're a podcast for a community of people that care about local government. Although federal politics remain as important as ever, the people that affect your day-to-day life, you probably don't hear from that much. We're here to change that. So follow along with us as we tell you more about local government and introduce you to the people that are affecting more than you know right now. Well, with no further ado, let's get started. I'm really excited to share an interview with you today from Irene Cadillo. She's a pillar of the Kansas City community and has been serving in it for a long time through her main work at El Centro and lots of other different organizations. Noting here that we've crossed the river for this episode, we are in Kansas City, Kansas for this. There's a lot of history between Kansas City and Missouri lot of history from different economic policies to how one shaped into kind of the city that most people know and how one I am Irene Caudillo, president and CEO of El Centro. We are a four uh, purpose organization that serves both Wyandotte and Johnson counties uh, on the Kansas side. Uh, but feel very uh, much a part of this metropolitan area and the work that we do. Uh, I have actually been in the nonprofit sector working for um, local organizations for 30 years now. So have had a lot of uh, experience, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, but uh, most important, um, a lot of work with community. Uh, and appreciate a lot of the uh, diversity in organizations and work that I've done. Uh, and here I am. Um, they gave me a chance. I've been here. I'm on my 10th year uh, with El Centro. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've loved every minute of it and, and continue to see um, the opportunity uh, for our community, uh, not just to um be able to deal with the barriers um, that are in their way, but the resiliency that um, our community has in its ability to adapt and to be part of the the growth and the economic influence um, of this community in particular makes me uh, feel really good about the day-to-day work that we do um, here in, in our community. Yeah, well, Irene, what a, a storied history of activism and advocacy. Now, for the redistricting that we're about to launch into, I hope you've enjoyed getting to meet Irene so far. She's incredible. So this redistricting that's currently going on in Kansas and Missouri is due to the recent census, and that sentence occurs every 10 years. It's changing a lot. Current congresspeople's seats might be changing, including Sharice Davids, who represents Kansas City, Kansas. Laura Kelly has tried to block lots of things in the Kansas State Legislature. It's a big change, and people are upset about it. Both of the redistricting procedures are currently paused as various litigations fight both of them. It's worth a quick Google of what's going on at this very moment, since I'm not sure when you'll be listening to this podcast, and things are changing daily. But the thing about governing the Heartland is we want to bring in unique perspectives and we want to talk about how it affects you, how it affects the constituents, how it affects you and what you can do about it. So that's why I really love Irene's point in this segment. Let me let her go ahead and continue. I'm excited to get to talk to you because we haven't gotten to talk to too many people on the Kansas side. And 
from my brief, uh, you know, I spent some time working at United Way of Wyandotte County before they merged with GKC. Again, um, you know, there really is kind of this feeling on the Kansas side that sometimes it is underserved. And, um, you know, I'm not sure it's okay if you're not super familiar with this, but I kind of just wanted to get some of your thoughts on um, if you're familiar at all with what has been going on with the redistricting. I know it has been a craziness because I've spent some time with the, the David's campaign and, you know, her thing is all different. And, you know, Laura Kelly's trying to block all these different pieces. Um, I'm wondering if you've seen any impact of that, you know, in, in your work as such an activist and a plugged in member of the community, um, or if it's something you're scared, you know, scared of the changes that might come or just would like to get your take on, you know, the general redistricting that's going on. And if it's something that you're worried will affect that Kansas City, Kansas and Johnson as well um, community. Yeah. So um, so one of the great parts about my job is that when I came in, um, I think the organization very much understood the voice and the role we played um, in making sure that we were um, good and and very knowledgeable advocates for those that we served. But um, but I know uh, in regard to uh, our voice is as much uh, or much more important if we raise the voices of those um, that are in, in within our community. So I consider us more the, the grass top. And if we build and, and begin to start visualizing the grassroots community and the role that we can play to empower and, and raise those voices, that was what I wanted to see. So one of the shifts when, when I came on early on uh, was not only kind of uh, building our capacity, we had just kind of come off of a 2008-2009 crisis with housing that really kind of had us really focused. So my predecessor probably had the hardest role. But when I came in, um, one of the things that I knew was our legacy had always been uh, organizing, mobilizing, and really raising the voices of our community so that they were able to tell their story and they were able to understand the role that um, the local uh, local elected officials played versus the the state elected officials played versus the, even the federal. Um, so uh, what we did was really build our organizing and mobilizing. So we have community organizers on the ground. We have our promotores de salud, which are kind of really uh, that is the core kind of community we work with who need just as much support, but have given their time um, to us to be able to share education and knowledge. So what I can tell you um, very much about redistricting is we um, we started every level to, to educate. So first of all, uh, 2020 around the census was really important mm -hmm. to make sure people understood what it was, uh, why it was important to sign up, regardless of status, because that's the one key thing I can tell you in our community um, that offers really some anxiety uh, around a participating period is it, it might not be them that has a status issue, but someone in their family, because we have a, we we actually work with a large mixed status families. So first of all, 
in in all of this weaved into voter engagement what what we what we do is is we do a um what we call kind of all year round intensive engagement around issues and and hearing and listening to the community so 2020 census was really the first opportunity to share with our community why it was important to fill out why it was important to participate and what it what it meant because it not just meant money it meant representation because guess what once that happened we knew we were going to have to deal with the 10-year redistricting process right mm-hmm. so so in our uh, really kind of integrated voter engagement process, um, we get our uh, community prepared to understand. I don't know that we uh, are as engaged as we should be, um, or I should say we still have work to do as a community because uh, as much as we can get the information out, of course we didn't count everyone in our community. I mean, even the information mm-hmm. uh, coming out right now showed that uh, census, it, it, you know, census data missed a lot of our our community, a lot of our communities of color, low income communities, and it, it has a lot to do with trust and value and understanding all of that. Um, and then we always talk about voter, voter engagement, um, accessing uh, all of those things. So we did participate in uh, the limited um, community uh, um, input sessions that the Kansas House began very early on. Um, we testified, we submitted written testament testimony community. We had, we helped community with their testimony. One of the things that we do understand is that these in Kansas in particular, and why it's in the courts is that it does impact our community. We know that the gerrymandering, we know that, that the slicing and dicing of um, communities of color and low-income communities very much, um, very much actually impact um, the representation and everything before that, that we talked about distribution of funds and all of those things matter from representation of the of school districts to city council. Um, this is where uh, we know that if we um, are doing a good job of lifting voices and, and encouraging people to understand uh, that, that representation matters, census matters, redistricting matters, voting matters, all of those things come into play with what we're dealing with now in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't fair. It wasn't a fair mapping system. There is a lot of gerrymandering. Um, there is a lot of kind of battle between the parties. We, of yeah. course, are, are nonpartisan, but, yeah. but we do know that when it comes to our community, um, you know, that that we don't have a lot of representation that looks like us and getting people to understand how that takes place. Uh, includes census voting and redistricting. Yeah. So, so it, this has impacted and will impact uh, depending yeah. on what the courts come up with. There are three maps that our community is taking a look at that we talk about all the time um, in respect to getting ready for um, you know what the courts might decide. But we 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 know that this happened ten years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it's it's trying to get a community that um, that regardless of their status has not been fully engaged to be fully engaged, to get their voices heard and to get greater impact in, uh, in, in representation and being heard. So I'm taking a pause there just to, you know, note it's clear how passionate Irene is about the community and how much she wants them to be represented. It was kind of heartbreaking to hear that a lot of her community wasn't represented. And I think it's also important to note that Irene clearly states she doesn't think the map that has come out of this is fair. Now, we can talk about what, you know, there is to do about things like this. And we always do come back to voting, how crucial it is how you vote, who you vote into office. But I think there's other ways that we can raise some awareness around this. And listening to this podcast is just one of them. Making you aware that, you know, a lot of people do feel like the, mar- the map wasn't fair. And even thinking forward to 10 years from now, if this podcast tickles in your ear when you get that census application, you got to fill it out because it's affecting everything. So that being said, let me go ahead and finish up Irene's interview here. Yeah, I think one of the things that we value is that we talk to those that are running and we say, listen, um, you pay attention to the voter rolls and I know that you're only looking at those that are, um, you you only pay attention to those that are are, uh, voters. What we say is that our community needs to know uh, they're supported and they want and they need to to find a reason to vote. So knock on their door, um, you know, value the fact that that uh, they can be supportive, uh, but give them a reason. Right. Uh, and then the other thing is with our community is that um, sometimes the paper ballot and, and this new way of voting uh, electronically uh, mm-hmm. scares because because yeah. of all, all of the you know, what people are hearing. Um, so, so sometimes, you know, asking for a paper ballot or, uh, or, or having that, that advocacy to be able to walk in and know what you're doing um, is uncomfortable. So advanced ballots come into play and we, we don't tell them who to vote. We don't tell them how to vote, of course, but what we but what we do is give them a sense of being able to do it in their own home and being able to be comfortable with asking questions. But we also give them it's almost like a, a voting one on one. So we 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 get them to understand who their representative is and we share with them, you know, just where to find some information. Um, but a lot of times our community and and one of the things that we see is that every four years there's this mad rush for presidency. Um, mm-hmm. So we have to bring it down. And that's why this whole census and and local government in and how the state, you know, is the one drawing the maps. And uh, all of this has been a form of education that is slowly but surely brought um really organization. And the thing I think what I love the most about our community and what I love to share with everyone uh, about our community is that immigration is one that they understand needs to be fixed at a federal level. Mm -hmm. Um, They understand that it's a broken system. Um, 
But one of the things that it's not is that it's not the number one issue in some cases in their family. Um, they, they can express how jobs, health, education, um, all of those things are, are impacting their day-to-day life. Uh, so we've lived with immigration issues for far too long. We know it needs to be fixed. Um, but one of the things that comes to light in, in our work is hearing them and then getting them to understand, well, then we need to be talking at a state level. Oh, that's a local issue. Guess what? What we Here's, here's where we can go and here's what we can do. Or you know what? We need to be talking to our school board about that. So we have kind of built... Um, issues around listening to our community in a way that mobilizes our community so that they get that first taste and first appeal uh, um, to really understanding what it takes, right, to make these changes because because it impacts them. So let's, so we took a group of, uh, for safe and welcoming to hear um, and to testify. And then the next day, um, there's these high food taxes in our community, of course. Um, to really begin to start, uh, we wanted it gone, but they were able to talk to legislators, uh, able to talk to our delegation, and to to talk, tell the stories about why it's important to make these changes. That's how we began, I think, to make impact and to really move people to vote, to to understand redistricting. But it has taken some time because of the lack of trust. They that I think most have in our government. So we'd like to be that kind of builder and that opportunity to build that. There you have it. A good piece on I from Irene about advocacy, as well as that touching on the redistricting. I encourage you guys to continue to follow up on that. And even if you're not listening from Kansas or Missouri, the census was a federal, federal moment. So all of you might be experiencing redistricting too. And we just don't want it to get swept under the rug. And then you'll be shocked when all of a sudden you're living in a different congressional district and there's no time to fight it. And there's no time to uh, figure out what to do next. So keep an eye on your redistricting. And thank you guys for listening in.